going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Cinema, episode number 239, where we'll be discussing The Suicide Squad and Vivo from Netflix. Gentlemen, how are you? I should probably introduce myself. My name is Grayson Maxwell. <laughs> I'm Roger Stillian. And I'm Christopher Bond. Gentlemen, how are you? I just returned from my Friendsgiving. I didn't want to come back. It was four days in Old Country, PA, Mercer, Mercer PA, Mercerburg, PA. Um, we stayed one house away. A lot of Amish people listen to our show. No, no, no. But it was, we stayed in a house with like 13 bedrooms and it was wonderful. That's cool. Uh, did you need all 13 bedrooms for all the shenanigans? No, no, we didn't, we didn't do all that, but it was, we walked around the town. Weird sex stuff. Yes. Okay, great. I'm glad you covered that, Roger, because I was worried that no one was going to I'm just beginning to cover that. (laughs) I have Uh, many more questions. So many more questions. That's going to be the bulk of our discussion today, is, actually. Is my Friendsgiving? The weird sex stuff. Just right, happened fair. at your Friendsgiving. All right, fair enough. Well, Jen, what did you guys do this week? Anything fun? Uh, I went on I went on vacation. I went back to the Cleveland area, uh, kind of near where I'm from. Went to the, went to the Cleveland Metropo- Metropolitan Zoo. It's awesome there. So Okay. What was your favorite animal attraction? Uh, it was the polar bear because that's my favorite animal, but I uh, found out that that was euthanized some years back. What? Since, since the last time I was there, so no Why polar bear. This is, this is a great story for kids. Because <laughs> your favorite animal at the zoo may die, will die. <laughs> well, I mean, if Fit tried in with Suicide Squad, you know how many animals they killed in that movie? That made me oh, uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. That made that's me all, super uncomfortable. Count all the starfish as one animal or many. I don't. Animals. I don't care about the mutant, <laughs> the mutant space starfish. I care about that bird in the beginning and that whole aviary that they torched. Yeah, that really I upset mean, me. Nothing says bad guy like burning animals alive. You know, <laughs> that's you know that's what I mean? Right. Just scorching beautiful tropical birds. Just yeah, in case the... you didn't think this guy was a bad guy yet. Here's, here's your confirmation. Like, nice also, night. I mean, they could just open or just, like, cut a hole and let all the birds just go away. You know? Anyway, that's a whole Like, there was no bird glory hole? Wow. No. Oh, wow. That's Roger is firing on all cylinders this week, too. Jeez, I'm Louise. the domineering force of this show. No, you're not. That's definitely not you. But so anyway, anyway, that would have that would have been my favorite uh, exhibit, but I got to see the gorillas pretty active, so Ooh. that was cool. Very cool. Very gorillas. Okay. Yeah. Were they fighting each other like I recently watched a video? No, someone yelling for the zookeepers. Have you seen that video? Yeah, actually. It's incredible, that. dude. They're beating the hell out of each other. Oh, yeah. Yep, and someone's like, someone get the zookeeper. Can you imagine <laughs> some, like, 190-pound guy walks out and be like, what do you want me to do? Yeah. <laughs> nope. Nope. They'll it get tired. Me, it reminds me of, our, of your best scenario you've ever laid out, Roger. Would you pay to watch 20 convicts 20 on death row? Versus- First, a full-grown silverback gorilla. <laughs> one of those, one of those gorillas that like rips steel girders in half. Nope. <laughs> have you have you not seen that video that we're talking about, Grayson? I I, I guess I haven't. Send it in the. So, I'll watch it tonight. There, yeah, there's a video going around of these two like adolescent, not adolescent. They're pretty um, big. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think I don't think they're full grown though. I don't like, think so either. No. So two younger silverback gorillas. I don't remember what zoo it was at. And, like, they start, like, pushing each other and legitimately start throwing haymakers at each other. <laughs> and it's savage. Oh, yep. my goodness. I got to check it. Yeah, send, send it in the group some, chat. I'll somebody in the crowd is like, somebody get the zookeeper. <laughs> like, some dude's just going to walk out there and think, no, no. I quit. I quit. I'm done. I'm pay <laughs> for this. No, just let them fight it out. 
Zed. Let them fight it out. Anyway, oh, Chris, okay, guys. Yeah. I have a question for you. This also happened on my vacation. All right. Shoot. So, did you fight a gorilla? Well, no, no, no. You'd um, lose. Absolutely, 100%. No, uh, me and my wife got into a, a miniature debate. Not an argument, but okay, a, okay. A, a difference of opinion. My sister, who's a grown adult, she's a young adult. She's, I think, 20 years old, and she is she's dating a boy. The boy's been around for a while now, but every chance that I get, I make sure to say weird off-the-wall things to him, make him as, as, as uncomfortable as possible, and just generally give him a hard time. Is this... The, acceptable, yes. Is this acceptable and even the normal thing to do? Of course it is. Real alpha move. Well, yeah. I mean, so so she thought that it was absolutely out of line and ridiculous and I should leave him alone. And I said, that's fine. That's a fine stance for you to take. It will never well, happen. Uh, so <laughs> I have I have two scenarios, or two questions that will yeah. lead to my point here. Yeah. So, like, if this dude's in for long term, mm-hmm. right? Then it's a whole different ball game is just trying to scare somebody off. Yeah. Because yeah. if you're trying to scare somebody off, one, you that's kind of a dick move. If he's here for a long time, it's either he's gonna get used to it or he's gonna rebut and it's gonna be hilarious. Exactly. So, yeah. It, it, it's option two. He this I think is he's like here for Mortal Kombat. This is test your might, bro. Yep, exactly. What do you yep. got? No, but like exactly either, when you say you're gonna be intimidated or you're gonna be like, hey. You shut the hell up. <laughs> well, hey, let, me, let, me, let me ask you a question. So you're, so you're giving him, you're throwing shade at him the same way that you'd throw shade at anyone that was dating your sister, not because he's quite a bit older, right? That's what we're talking about. Correct. He's not quite a bit older, though. They're, they're the same age. Oh, okay. Well, you, you said it weird. You didn't just, you, you were like, wow. he's been around a while. I didn't. Well, no, he, oh, well, he's been in her been, life for a while. Exactly. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. I don't yeah, like, no. is this like a 45 year old dude she's dating? Yeah. No, like, no. Listen, he <laughs> The shade. <laughs> like, I, I, don't, I mean, look, 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 look. If you're, I would think you're doing, if, if my siblings didn't heckle a girl I was seeing, I, they're doing it wrong. Yeah, exactly. You're and supposed I, to heckle. That's what you do well, with siblings. I, I, and I explained to my, I explained to my wife, you know, I got this from all of your uncles, all of your cousins. So like this, this is, this is just, it's like a rite of passage thing for, you know, when, yeah, 100% you know, when someone brings someone to the family. You know, I put each one of is. them in the ground. Think about it. <laughs> oh my God, Roger. Jeez Louise. <sighs> all right, guys. Are we, are we all caught up? Let's just move on to the main show. He said, let's just move on. All right. This is episode 239 of Four the Love of Cinema, a podcast about movies, film, and cinema, which posts each and every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. New York time on Podbean, which then distributes to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Amazon Music. Each and every week we start with the box office, current and upcoming releases, what streaming trailers and movies of the week, as tradition dictates. And without further ado, let's take a look at the box office. Free Guy dominating this weekend with a $28.4 million domestic, bringing in a worldwide of $50.8 million. That's a good weekend for Free Guy. Wow. Yeah. That shows you yes. the power that Ryan Reynolds still has. Just good for him. All right. Don't Breathe 2. That's going to be 10.6 million domestic, bringing in a total of 14 worldwide. That's actually a pretty good start for a COVID area, COVID era horror, like rated R horror. Good for that. Dang. Yeah, that's uh, kind of surprising, but that's stronger than I thought. If you look at the rest of what's out, you couldn't. You're not really surprised, right? Uh, no, not really. Well, I mean, yes and no. Jungle Cruise, 9.1 million, with a very, to me, disappointing 154 million. I don't know. That movie just. I, the more I think about that movie, the more I dislike it. And usually, remember, I'm, remember Jungle Cruise cost 200. Million I know. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm, I'm usually the one that's 
the more I think about the movie, the more the, the nicer I get to it. The more I'm like, ah, I shouldn't have given it a four. I should have given it a five. Like, and I'm just like, every time I think about it, I'm just like, I want to give it less. <laughs> All right, respect. 8.8 .8 million with a worldwide of 8.8. .8. Not a great start, but it's doing okay. The Suicide Squad, James Gunn's DC crossover, 7.5 million, bringing in a worldwide 117.8 million. That's a very respectable one week number for the Suicide Squad. Any, any upset, upsets? Number. Oh, two, yes, yeah, sorry, two week number. Any upsets there, gents, you think? Or are we all just, that's pretty much what you expect? Is uh, what it is. Yeah, it sounds about right. I mean, uh, the, the free guide number is actually kind of impressive, honestly. I would agree with that. Uh, there hasn't been much shakeup in the, in the release schedule, but let's talk about it for one second. Are you guys excited for Dune? Because in the span of like two weeks, we got three Dune trailers. Good. How do you feel about that? I mean, I'm I'm ready for Dune. We need to make this happen now. It should have happened. Yes, ago. Dune. <laughs> All right. Well, this this past weekend brought us "Don't Breathe" two, "Free Guy," "Respect." August twentieth brings us "Paw Patrol" the movie, "The Protege," "Reminiscence." August twenty seventh, "The Candyman." Uh, starting off September, "Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings" and "Cinderella" on Amazon. September tenth, "Malignant," "Queen Pins." September 17th, Cry Macho, the Clean Swim movie. Everyone's talking about Jamie, the eye of Tammy Faye. Uh, and then the ending out September is Dear Evan Hansen. Starting out October, October 1st, the first Friday in October, The Adams Family 2, Hotel Transylvania, Transylvania, Transformania, and The Many Saints of Newark, which followed swiftly by No Time to Die, a small movie you may have heard of, James Bond, you know. All right. It is what it is. Didn't Thank something you. just move out of a date? I don't know. I, th I don't think so. Whatever moved moves weeks ago. What it wasn't. Oh like no, Venom. Venom oh, moved. You're right. Well, no, Venom is. Venom is October fifteenth. Mm -mm. No, it left. It's not. It's not. It's, yeah. it's not officially there anymore. No, I saw that they moved it. Where did they move it? I'll verify that. Could have been trailer reactions, maybe the, for the for the Red Band trailer. No way. Some way I can think. That's crazy. Oh, no, it's you been guys, moved to October. I was going to say, you guys talk about fans not getting... I mean, you want to talk about trailer reactions moving a movie? Are you kidding me? That's like the ultimate people say stuff and the studio fixes it. Hey, yeah, um, it moved It moved off of um, September 24th. Hey, all, all these comic okay. book movies are afraid of that R rating for some So, time. hold on. Um, one other thing. So, the date it moved into, I don't know if it's a good call for them. Because it moved straight up against Halloween Kills. Well, here's the here's the problem with that. And I don't want to spend too much audience, though. Well, here's the problem with that. I don't want to spend too much time on that. But the week before that, No Time to Die, massive movie. Uh, October fifteenth, Halloween Kills, uh, and then the week after is Dune and Jackass. That's all the exact same demographic that you're aiming for. Yeah, but so, I mean, so the the thing I don't understand though, but it moved off of September twenty fourth. Like, <laughs> why? Oh, because they moved Hotel Transylvania Transylvania up. Mm -hmm. It's the same studio. I mean, they think obviously they think it's a power move. Look, Venom Two is not a movie you put somewhere to die. So they think they're making the right choice. So maybe maybe they are. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Who knows? And starting off in November is The Eternals, which is you know that's something that everyone's excited. Small for. film. Small film. Yeah. May have heard so, of the studio. So I haven't felt the same hype for the Eternals. Eternals like I did Black Widow. And so let's talk about hype for that for a second. So I know why you haven't. Why is that? Because you yeah. haven't seen a lot of it. 
Mm. So, like, they're trying not to over. Because here's the thing: you can't hype the Eternals with Shang Chi coming. Because that's true. That's true. You can't step on your own dick. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I mean that seriously. That's one of the things. So we've we've seen Black Widow for a year. Okay, we just very recently got the Eternals and Shang Chi stuff. Like they can't just keep pounding one before the other one comes out. Well, with, just remember, with, we're all condensed right now. With, yeah, with, 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 all, with all respect to Shang-Chi, we've seen Black Widow because it was delayed for more well, than That's what months. I mean. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, look, I mean, the next couple of months are going to be pretty interesting for all these big releases now coming out. It'll be very interesting to see where they actually all stick and how much box office they actually all bring in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm still the same guy who's like, I really think HBO Max and theatrical for dune is going to hurt the movie overall especially income but we'll see i mean we'll see because that's they're not charging you anything more for hbo max to like not not like disney so it's not like you have the theatrical numbers plus the hbo max numbers the hbo max numbers is just part of the subscription so clifford the big red dog no longer has a date i see yeah it's it's, it's still got the big red line through it <laughs> big red line ah i see what you did there hey Boom. <laughs> let's um yeah that's just a thing i mean again next couple of weeks are giving me an interesting shakeup. Hmm. but let's um all right so that's not really any surprises there let's take a look at what's streaming today we're taking a look at hbo max if you want to take a look at if you like the suicide squad you want to take a look at the other one again which most people probably don't that's available on hbo max uh, it's that's that's Suicide Squad, not the Squatch. Suicide Squad. That's the um, that's the David Ayer movie. Will Smith, Jared Leto, Margot Robbie, Viola Davis, Ike Barinholtz, David Harbour, Roan Atkinson Downs, Jai Courtney, Joel Kinnaman, uh, Cara Delevingne, Ezra Miller, and Ben Affleck. I forgot those two were in it. I someone's mentioned that to me in passing. I'm like, ha, ah, that's a big point I want to talk about today. Uh, you can also check out uh, the Jurassic Parks one, two, and three. Jurassic Park 1993, Jurassic Park: The Lost World. <laughs> 1997 and Jurassic Park 3, which is 19 or 2001. So, I mean, obviously, no Jurassic Park has been nearly as good as the first one, but the second one, interestingly enough, was also directed by Steven Spielberg. Bo is much worse. And The Losers, I know a lot of people probably haven't seen this, but that's uh, by directed Sylvan White, uh, Idris Elba, Zoe Zaldana, Chris Evans, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Columbus Short, Jason Patrick, and Holt McCaney. That's 2010. Chris, have you seen that? No, I have not. I have a feeling you've seen that, Roger. I've, I have seen that movie, yes. And then and that's oddly entertaining. Yeah, it's okay. I chose, I mean, that that was, I saw that, and I was like, oh, that's an interesting movie, because it's the same kind of concept as a lot of CIA defects are put together on a mission. Yeah. But they, but they, but they realize they're put on a mission to, to, to fail, and they're betrayed, and, tried, and that's the whole thing. But it's, oh, it's got more oh. of a comedic action oh. slant than a, than a, than a, like a, a thriller slant to it. Well, never mind. I've seen Expendables. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, it's I mean, kind of the same thing. yeah, pretty much the same thing. But that's a hell of a cast, though. If yeah. you listen to that cast and haven't seen the movie, you're like, I should watch that. You probably should watch that. I mean, Idris Elba, Idris Elba, Chris Evans, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Columbus Shore, Jason Patrick. Well, not just about Jason Patrick, but those four before that are all much bigger today than they were then. Okay. Not Columbus Short either. You don't think so? No, I don't. You think, you think he was bigger then than he is now? Yes. Yeah. Well, he was also in the. Columbus Short had a lot of things back then. He also had what was the season of that? Um, Kerry Washington. What was that show that everyone loved for at least a few seasons about the political drama in Washington? I forget what it's called, but he was in that first season of that before he was killed off. But 
Uh, you check that one out. I think that one's a surprisingly good movie. So I think those are all pretty solid watches. Suicide Squad, Jurassic Park, and The Losers. All right, let's talk about some trailers. Gentlemen, Roger in particular, how do you feel about He's All That? And matter of fact, how do you feel about Rachel Lee Cook looking like she hasn't aged a damn day? You mean, cool. you, you mean the, the cameo from the first one? <laughs> they just put her in? I yeah. don't know. And this is a Netflix exclusive too, which kind of is – this is a movie that I can promise you we could have done without. I like that they got the kid from Cobra Kai that's completely jacked. Yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> is, 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 is he the boy that's supposed to be turned into something big, like turned into a, a hot high school book yeah. guy? Yeah, yeah. Like, they show the scene with his shirt because like, I was like, I know who that dude is because like, it took me a second to remember his name. But I'm like, this dude's in incredible shape. Yeah, yeah he, he's also like, not like – he's also not ugly or he's not like – you know what I mean? Like he's not any of those things that yeah. he's all that should have been. Yeah, but yeah. but, but, but like neither was changing, and she sees him with his shirt off, and he's got like legitimately forty abs. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like neither was like Rachel Lee Cook, and and she's all that like back no. then, like like neither was she was like insanely hot, and they're like you can't turn her into anything. Or, That's oh, how man. it always goes. The old Freddie Prince Jr. This is just getting ready, getting us ready for the kissing booth three. Oh, oh, I hope so. God. I can't wait for that, fellas. All right. Give me your first impression. I mean, Chris, have you you've seen obviously she's all that with Freddie Prinze uh, and Rachel Lee Cook? Yeah, like once upon a time. <laughs> I don't remember. Damn obviously, thing. yeah. Obviously, it did make an impression on you, but not no, not me. No, I, it probably made me hate the world more. But. Well, you're quite a bit young. That was a movie that I saw in theater with friends at the time. It was like ninety eight ish, ninety nine, right, Roger? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. that. No, I've, I've seen that on like on like one of my mom's old like like TV recorded VHS tapes. There you go. There you yeah, go. That's probably where I've seen that thing at. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how I feel about. It. I like the premise. I mean, I like the fact that a movie's made, but did did we need it? No. Is it going to do anything for that franchise? No. That so, franchise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but it, look, if that movie off, for some reason gets a off, billion views, there's no such thing as. Uh, fine. Okay. Great. Yeah. I mean, that franchise. I mean, they're, they've they've obviously made a sequel though. So. I will say okay. I, I will say this out of the whole like remaking movie tropes that we go through nowadays. The the actually like like doing the opposite end of the script and like flipping it around like to like completely like one eighty it. I do like that. If there's going to be any kind of a remake, give me that at least. So all right. Other than that, though, I'm completely uninterested in this. I got. I mean, I'm not. I'm going to be the most interested of all three of us, and I'm only kind of like, sure. and you I'm know. only like tepid and lukewarm. So all right. So right. here's what I think of this. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, inevitably, that's what it'll be, but. It again has the advantage of being on Netflix, where that doesn't matter, because it's going to get enough viewers to justify it being made. I promise you that, and it'll just I, be I, one of those things. I mean, it matters a little. Thanks, Roger, for that third time. All right, what about Dope Sick? How so, it, fellas? This I actually thought was interesting. Yes, I agree with that. Here's the thing, though. I just Michael fear that might, I just fear it might be a little too political, like if they try to go that way, but. I think I think this could be good. This has a one. This has one hell of a cast, right? Yes. Like, like a oh huge yes. Cast. Well, that's. I mean, I don't. I, I political is absolutely going to be a thing. What well, has to be? Yeah. Well, like so. There, there's two ways to do this. You can do this politically or not politically. Like there's two ways to do it. You can still bash on the same, the same. Uh, you know, big big pharmaceutical companies without going like hard political on it but we'll see what they do with it well you see this is so this is hulu and it's also episodic is it oh i thought yeah it, was, I thought it, it is no, this is a series 
it's, oh, a, but, okay. but it's, it's, a, right. it's a miniseries not meant to be more than one season. Honestly, I'm a little more interested. I believe the correct term for that is limited series. It's a limited series. Well, see, okay, so Michael Michael Keaton, Peter, Peter Sarsgaard, Will Poulter, Rosario Dawson, uh, Caitlin Deaver, which, look, Rod, we love Kate. She's phenomenal in everything she's been in. Jake, Jake McDormand, um, it's got a good cast. Uh, one that's worth at least tuning into the first few episodes, I think. Yeah, at least it will deserve a look no matter what. But it caught my attention because it's just – I like Michael Keaton. Anything Michael Keaton does, I usually like. I'm usually going to check out because it's, I, I like, like that Michael Keaton is like in everything again. <laughs> yes, awesome. Yes, nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I like Peter Sarsgaard, and you know, I think Caitlin Deaver is amazing. So I just think that's a recipe for success, and it's of course very topical to the U.S. This country, if nothing, is all about drugs. So I am very excited, more excited for that than I am. She's all that. That's for damn sure. Word. <laughs> And Chris, what say you about Prisoners of the Ghost Land? So listen, I still think we need to watch Pig. I'm all, I'm all in on, on some Nick Cage. I'm, I mean, I'm all for it. Bring bring it to me. Bring me all the weird fucking Nick Cage we can find. We need. I will say lives. the same thing I say about every time a Nick Cage comes up in discussion. I I really don't like him, but for some reason, and I can't tell you why, I love everything he's in. I mean, again, that's a weird. That's a weird sentiment, right? Give me all the weird Nick Cage we can find. I agree. I even love that movie, Season of the Witch. Like, I even love that. That movie's movie. awful. Yeah, yeah, it's awful, but it's but it, but it's it's also like it's awful legitimately fun. a zero. But it's also awful fun, and that's you know that does matter. Awfully fun. Mm. <laughs> what's your what's your favorite Nick Cage movie? And I, I don't mean the best. I mean which which Nick Cage movie do you enjoy watching the most? Con Air. Con Air. Con Air. Sure, that's fair. Con Air is yeah. good. For some reason, I have a guilty pleasure with like Face Off because that movie is so ridiculous. No, I like that. You don't one. have the steady hand or the amount of money. Remember that when he's yelling at him about cutting his face off in Superbad? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like you don't have to I'm sorry, I, I just proudly showed you a halt. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Dominating force in the show. Yeah, baby, there we go. Uh, Dominating force indeed. Uh, my favorite Nick – oh, man, the Nick Cage movie I watched the most. The Rock is so good though, right? Yeah, but but that's like a cop-out answer. <laughs> what? Like, you Why is that a cop-out answer? <laughs> you piece of dirt. Because no, it's, like, because it's, it's legitimately the one that everyone probably – I knew it was you. <laughs> Because it's a movie. good damn movie. What's wrong with that? You can't say, oh, that's a cop-out because it's a good movie. Jesus. It is. You're right. You, you guys ever see Bad Lieutenant? Oh, yeah. And I saw Bad Lieutenant and the, what, Bad so. Lieutenant Port of Calling or whatever. This is a sequel that for I some did, reason got that, made. That got a sequel? It did, yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't know that. <laughs> mm. Oh, what? that's another Nick Cage gem that I'm sure you should check out. Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait. He, he was in the sequel? I think so. It's oh been a while since I've seen God. either one of them, but Chris, give me give me your take on Prisoners of the Ghost Land. Just watching this trailer, do you have do you think you we have any idea what's going on in this movie? Oh, I don't I don't, I don't think Nick Cage has any idea what's going on in this movie. So before just a, just the thing before we start the show, we always try to watch the trailers before um, we start the show. We're talking about a couple of talking points, and I was like, so that Nick Cage trailer, huh? Yeah, and I was like, I have no idea <laughs> yeah. what's going on. Everybody's with that. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot going on there. <laughs> a lot, lot to unpack. Out of this movie looks like four different, four different storylines. So there, there's an old movie. I've talked about my mom's old VHS tapes and stuff, like from like movies she had recorded from TV. She had this VHS right that had uh, Patrick Swayze's. Was it Ghost? 
Nice. Yeah, right? So on this move on this tape after Ghost was this weird prison movie where like people are like like it's a futuristic prison. These people are on this bus and they have these collars on their necks. And if they run away, those the collars will will they'll blow up and their heads blow off, right? Wait, is that Suicide Squad? Like the prequel? <laughs> Maybe, but listen, Dang that's all, that's all I thought the whole time I was watching this trailer because they strapped the bombs to him. I was like, what is like? Did someone see this movie? Like, oh, this this, this needs another chance. Like, is that what happened? Because it's insane. But yeah, so I mean, I'm 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 weirdly in because of my like strange tie-in with like that old movie that i so, remember you've seen the trailer and let me just read the imdb description to you guys let me just please let me please do and right, then and, right. and then tell us how we're watching pig because we still got all right that. a notorious criminal must break an evil curse in order to rescue an abducted girl who has mysteriously disappeared again mm-hmm. tells you nothing about any setting nothing nothing you know, you what, what time frame this movie like, is set in nothing like, nothing. like <laughs> it gives you even less information in the trailer but I guess that's kind of the allure is you just put this crazy trailer out and hope people pay money to watch it. You know what Nick Cage movie I is I think could have been something that never really was something. Remember the Sorcerer's Apprentice? Yes. Yeah, that that could have been a sequel. That could have I, been a franchise. So you ever hear the stories about that movie? No, that but it was cursed, like legitimately. During the filming, they had like multiple onset accidents and like multiple people when a crew got killed. Oh God! No, so, you know, like, for, this is for real. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it caused the movie to be delayed for like a year because of all the insurance stuff and everything. And it kind of like torpedoed that movie before it really got to be something. Like, I don't hate that movie. I always thought it was kind of crazy. No, I like the movie, but it's it's also that really like abrupt. Like they 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 win, so they beat. Um, I forget what the guy the villain's name is, but they beat the villain. They pick up his hat, indicating he's still around, and then they fly away on the Griffin, and that's it. That's prime how. Meridian. That's how they end. Yeah, the Prime Meridian. That's how they ended that movie. Like, there's it's such a short, like a just such a terribly short like way to wrap up that movie. Hmm. I'm looking at all of his movies, but like, look. So, so the past Nick Cage, the past couple of years. So he's past couple of years. He's he's he said this. Obviously, the movie we're talking about, Pig, Willy's Wonderland, uh, Primal. He's had the color out of space. All like he's in like this weird movie space right now, where he just uh, said, "Yep, if it doesn't make sense, I'm in it. I'm done. Cool. Let's, let's do it." The widely every executive producer credit. The widely known Willy's Wonderland. That movie was so. I, yeah, yeah, that movie was. No, remember so Willy's weird. Wonderland? That's the. They're not stuck in there with. I'm not stuck in there with them. They're stuck in here with me. That's the that's the um, Five Nights at Freddy's ripoff. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, I watched it. Boy, it's a strange one. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Did you watch that one, Roger? No, I'm, I'm shocked. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. Are your trailers? I don't really know what to think of Prisoners of the Ghost Land. I'm sure it's. I'm, I'll watch it and have an odd sort of reverence for it, but who knows? Of course who you will. the hell knows? It'll be fine. Roger, you want to take two minutes to talk about? The Ted Lasso? Oh, fuck yes, I do. I love uh, when Roy Ted Kent Lasso again. Christmas, baby. <laughs> Roy Kent again with some more very Roy Kent sayings. Uh, yeah, the entire show is Roy Kent at this yeah. point. And I'm okay I, love when, I love when his, uh, his niece is like, can I have some ice cream for dinner? He goes, no, that's stupid. And then she's like, thanks, <laughs> thanks, Uncle Roy, for setting me boundaries. that's when they're walking down the street in the uh, the third episode right yeah yeah yeah. so the third episode is 
revolves around um, Sexy Christmas, which gets ruined no, by... That's the fourth episode. Oh, fourth episode. What's the third episode? Third episode's one you forgot to watch when we didn't talk about last week, where uh, they do the... Oh, uh, where Jamie, Jamie Tart again, is he, he makes good with the team. That's the one where they... Yeah, he where, makes um, good with the team, and then they black out the Dubai Air logo. Yeah, because they're, they're being... protesting. For the yeah. oil spill, and they're not cleaning it up. Um, yeah. And uh, Nigeria for Sam, so yeah. That was I a big deal. I just want to get on my soapbox for like two seconds and say, if you're not watching Ted Lasso, you're not, you're doing something wrong. Because I mean, Roger, you say it week after week, we talk about it. Ted Lasso is legitimately one of the best things we've seen in years. Even the worst episode of Ted Lasso is better than 99% of the stuff you ever watch. It, <laughs> it really is. And I just, I can't help but Like every time I finish an episode, like I'm filled with such a, like, I'm just on like such a nice person high. You know, does that make sense? Like, you're just so satisfied by what you've just seen. We're going to get dressed and walk around my posh neighborhood until we find a dentist and get this shit taken care of. Or you each get a thousand quid. thousand quid. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah, that's, that's great. Roy Kent is just – I. as a matter of fact, I mean, the more I watch this show, the more I'm like – the more I think, like, Roy Kent is actually – he's like they're, – they're slowly shifting him to be the main character, if not one of – even though the show's not named after him. I still think Roy Kent's more interesting than Ted Lasso than Ted himself. Um, I don't know about more interesting, but he's definitely playing a bigger role so far than just Ted. So yeah, I but did the, like I mean, the the end of episode three, and this will be the last thing we touch on for Ted Lasso. Just know it's a Christmas episode; it's a lot of fun. Um, but the end of episode three, when Roy is back, so they invite Roy back on TV after he just drops f bombs and doesn't care about nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Come back, and he starts going off, and he's what's he say about Jamie? He's oh, because they asked. Um, I hope directly what he thinks about Jamie Tart rejoining Richmond. And hang on, I'll read the quote. It (laughs) says, I hope he dies, or I hate him, and I hope he dies of the incurable condition of being a little bitch. That's what (laughs) he says on television. And all the other guys start laughing, and there's like, he goes, Jesus Christ, tell us, Jesus Christ, Roy, tell us how you really feel. He looks right at the other guy and goes, I think you're a fucking shit manager. He goes, I didn't mean about me. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then the other guy's like, you walked right into that, though. And, and, the, and the other one's like, you did. I think you're a fucking shit manager. <laughs> if you're not watching Ted Lasso, you need to watch Ted Lasso. It is legitimately one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Uh, yes. And, that's it's just and, I, and I, I I'm seeing articles for it all over the internet now about how great a show is and how people are just now tuning in and it's it's got the, the viewership in season two is triple what it was in season one because no I'm thinking it just kind of well, nobody watched people. Ted Lasso at first because yeah. nobody knew what it was and everybody kind of like was like hey this is pretty good and blah 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 and then everybody kind of got on the bandwagon so. Yeah, it's great. It's just wonderful. Chris, you have to get caught up with Ted Lasso. I know. I got so many things that I'll watch, but it's on my list. It's on my list. All right. All right, sirs. Let's talk about the Netflix sh- uh, film Vivo for a few minutes, if you if we could. Directed by Kirk D'Amico and Brandon Jeffords. This one came out last week, also on Netflix. Lin-Manuel Miranda, uh, Nerele Simo as Gabby, Zoe Zaldana as Rosa, Gloria Estefan as Marta Sandoval, Brian Tyree Henry as Dan Carino, uh, and Michael Rooker, who was actually in two movies this week we're going to talk about, as Lutador. Roger, why don't you take 10 seconds and sum up Vivo for us? 10 seconds all it'll take. Oh, yeah. So Vivo is a movie about a musical kinkajou that makes his trip from Cuba to Miami. End of story. Fiend. 
Well, there's a little more to it than that, but that that, that is the no. story. He, no, there's not. <laughs> he no. is singing with he's singing with an older man. Okay, so I'm going to start off. I'll, right. I'll I'll recap this. So Andres Vivo, the bright yellow kinkajou, is which is a type of monkey. Thank you. Um, gets rescued by a old timey, I guess not jazz singer. Not that's not the right. He's a street performer. Uh, is what he yeah, is. He's a street performer, but like, it's, I'm trying to think of what's a very, like, a salsa type music player. Like, just makes music. Um, and he gets rescued from these, you know, animals that are trying to kill him. And he teaches them how to like play the drums and keep rhythm. And Vivo can talk, but you can't hear Bebo. He just sounds like he's muttering. Um, so that's always weird, but. Uh, I mean, Vivo's got an amazing singing voice because it's Lin-Manuel Miranda. And um, I don't know why this movie got made. Well, yeah. it, it got made because of Lin-Manuel Miranda showing interest in it. But here's the thing about that is – so I don't want to go too far into it. But, I mean, there – everything that – so the, we talked somewhat recently about about um, the, the Hamilton on Disney Plus and then in, in the Heights and this one. Uh, there's common threads running through all of those movies and and I'm so I was not really just a little we're only going to talk for a few minutes about Vivo but I was not really a huge fan of Vivo only because to me it was just kind of a it was a safe paint by numbers movie that you could predict everything every step of the way true yeah um the real question I have is who is Vivo made for this is not what's the age demographic for this movie I think it's uh, extremely young. About six years old. That's you think so? I think anywhere between like six and ten is the prime demographic. I think, I th- yeah, maybe because like at six years old, my daughter and my daughter loves a lot of bad movies. She wasn't really into this one. I can't even. I can't see her even want to. You well, know, there's a lot again. of singing in this movie, and I'm not there talking is. like Disney breakout in songs. There's like transitions from scene to scene that they do through song. Which is different, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think it works, right? It's it's like they everything's got to be song, 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 song. Yeah. Well, the, the only song that I mean, the only songs I thought even were even remotely catchy were the first song, and then Andres's song that she that Marta sings in the end. Though I mean, the songs in between about the Gabby, the little girl being, I'm an independent girl and I'm seven and I'm a bad at like that. Why was that not just cut from the entire movie? Why was that not just? I don't you understand. Didn't, you didn't appreciate where the weird spoon-billed birds were singing about <laughs> hey, love each about, other. about being in love and falling in and out. I just thought it was weird. Same with hey, I thought about them being in the Everglades and the. Hey, hey Grayson. Yeah. Why do you hate seven-year-olds? I oh my god, Chris! I don't hate seven. Why do you hate love? I don't, <laughs> I don't hate love. Um, I don't understand why the movie went to where it went to. Although, to be honest, if I had to pick a favorite thing about Vivo. I mean, not not counting Lin Manuel Miranda as you. I mean, he's just. I mean, he's them, fine. Like, there's them, nothing the man wrong is so talented. With it. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I love the Girl Scout troop. I thought they were hilarious. I thought without them, this movie really would have been a one. See, I. And it's hated not getting. Them. It's not getting much higher. But I hated them. Why? Did, <laughs> l- 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 let me ask you this: Why did you yeah. hate the Girl Scout troop? I just because they were that force. Chris, why do why? you hate the Girl Scouts of America? Why do you hate Girl Scouts? Jeez, Listen, Chris. Because you know how easy this is. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Like I felt like they were that that eye rolly plot device that just pushes the movie forward, and they couldn't figure out how else to get them from from like the swamp on further. So they just went, well, 
Excuse me. She's a girl, sir. Whatever. So let's put her into a Girl Scout troop. There we go. And make make some some little blonde girl some evil thing, which is like not stereotypical at all. Like I don't know. But I mean, here's the thing: this this entire movie is plot device, though. That's the whole thing. Is yeah. You know, it's not. You know, okay. So this this is Sony. This is a Sony animation. We just had one recently in Mitchell's versus the Machines, which was actually there. There wasn't that movie flowed. It seemed to flow normally. It didn't need yes. things to push it along. Things invented to be just to push it to the next era. I mean, that movie was an example of how to make a good Sony animated movie. And Vivo, I feel, remember we, we, we were talking about Vivo is why would they put this one out there to die on Netflix? I we understood Mitchell versus the Machines, the time frame of it. This one kind of, but this one is because they watched it and realized they didn't. This is just an average movie that. Probably cost them way too much money to make, and they knew they weren't going to make anything back off of it. So why hold it? Just release at, it. At least this movie's only like ninety minutes. Yeah, yeah, right. This movie is is a hard cut at nine. At it's 90, it's it's nice. ninety five minutes, an hour and thirty five yep. minutes exactly. So yeah, which I'm definitely Perfect. okay with on this thing. Yeah, at least so the the movie I think starts so the movie starts with Andres and Vivo. They sing in Cuba, and they um they sing to everyone. You know. They just want to make life better for anyone on the street. They want to just bring music to people's lives, music, color, wonderful things. And then Andres, we find out, has written a song for his long-lost lover, Marta. And um, and you you could tell several then men before it happens. Then he dies. Which I thought was an odd choice. <laughs> given – now, let me ask you this. That's a major that's a major thing. It gets Vivo out the door to give them that – to get, find Marta and give her that song that – Andres was never able to. If if Andres never died, would this movie have been much different if it was Vivo and Andres on this on this adventure instead of Vivo and Gabby? Would this would this I, movie have been terribly different? I think with the with the crazy zany stuff that that those two go through, I I, I just think it's easier if it's not if it's not you know the old man. I think that's where that comes in at. I agree one hundred percent, but. I don't think it would have been too different. Okay, well, let, let me ask you another thing. If this movie doesn't go to Miami, is it any different? Let's let it be in Cuba the whole time. I don't understand why they have to, like, why I had to... Well, because Marta's not in Miami. But, so you're saying, yeah, why, yeah, why she, is Marta She could have been States? in Cuba. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah no, they, you're they right. Why, you're asking why, why did they choose to put Marta in the States? Yeah. And not just, like, on the other side of Cuba that would have taken a kid, which that's a huge obstacle to begin with, a kid getting from one side of... Cuba to the other side. That's also in a massive obstacle. So well, yeah, not, no, I not, totally understand. Not to mention a, a kinkajou. A kink- <laughs> but yeah. yeah, this movie is as is as forgettable as movie as we've seen lately. Am I wrong about that? Oh yeah, no, I won't. I won't think about this movie. You know, ten minutes. But I mean, but it, again, here. this is one of those movies that survives on Netflix. Probably be- yeah. because it's on Netflix. But I also re- I also saw that the day that Vivo came out, it was number one. Like after that. It fell to the bottom of the list, and then the next day it was completely gone. Hmm. So that means no one's even watching it. Yeah. So I mean, I even wish I hadn't watched it. <laughs> I, to be honest, I kind of feel the same way. I really, truly, honestly feel the same way about that. So but, I mean, I, I know, I know, the lead in this is pretty big right now. So that's obviously Lin- the reason why. But yeah, yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's the sole reason this movie gets made is Lin Manuel Miranda. Yeah. So I, I can see why this movie gets you know gets some people off a date comes out, but it does it doesn't it doesn't word of mouth itself into relevancy like um like Mitchell's and the Machine does right. I think that that's the closest thing we can talk about that makes sense. 
I think it just it doesn't have the staying power to get spread around. Hey, you should see this movie. You know, let your kids watch this. You'll like it too. Like that doesn't happen for this one, and it's just because it's just not that strong of a movie, and it comes out. Yeah, I could, that's probably an accurate description. I can see kids loving it though. It's a colorful movie. There's singing and dancing. Although a lot of the singing is 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 when 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 Vivo's not singing, it's pretty horrendous. But um, I mean, it's just it's not like he's the best person to sing. <laughs> Weird. Um, I, I wonder how they got Zoe Zaldana to, to to do this to voice the mother. She's she's you know I I, I think be, this is... might be friends. Maybe. Sure. I mean, never, I never underestimate that. Like, hey man. Hey, you want to make a couple hundred grand for doing like two days worth of work? Yeah, it's really. just voice work. Well, hell yeah, I do. And did they need Michael go Booker? Go to as... anybody out there. I am definitely available for well, thousands I'm... of days worth of voice work. I'm glad they. I'm glad they got Michael Rooker. Actually, I thought that was cool for the for the the snake the Ludo. Yeah. Why, why did why do you like him? I, I don't know. But like he just he, he made a pretty, awesome. He made a pretty menacing snake. I was I was cool with that. Which I thought was an odd choice. I mean, they they legitimately were in one of the most harrowing positions I think I've seen an animated character in in a very long time. Yeah, like 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 actual like you know this could scare a kid danger, right? Yeah, because he was like they were dead to rights, man. Like they were dead. Danger. <laughs> he was. I mean, I I was like, oh my god, this movie's just gonna end when they when when they when he eats them and. Or I thought even worse. Was he if he ate them, them all, and it would have ended there. Well, or I thought great, I, I would have given this movie a, a nine and a half easy because, <laughs> because it's never getting a ten. If it ended twenty minutes before the end. <laughs> remember, or, the toy, remember the old Toy Story three joke? Yeah. Oh yeah. The hard, yeah. The, hard uh, the hard cut when the claw before it grabs him does this yep. fall into the fire? Just goes right as they're about to fall into this hard cut. And then the slow "You've Got a Friend in Me" rolls, and that's oh, the Toy Story saga. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a monster. Or the claw grabs him, dumps him in the fire, and then Billy Bob Thornton says, "Can't all be winners, son. Can't all be winners." <laughs> hey, don't don't ever step on my jokes again. All right, all right, whatever. Jeez. Make it weird. Both of you. That's what I do, man. That's what I do. So, okay. So, what did you like about Vivo? Just before we. It's tough, isn't it? It's tough. And don't say Lynn Manuel Miranda. That's the one thing I'm asking you not to say because I'm trying not to but, make you look for other things. But that's but if that's all the movie's got, that's all the movie's got. That's not my fault. Well, but that's my point though, is you, you can't find it. What about you, Roger? Anything else? I answered when you said is what did you like about Vivo and I said nothing. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> I can't um, say I didn't. I mean, yeah. outside of Lynn Manuel Miranda, I I guess the colorful could say that. You told me I couldn't say that. Well, but outside of, I, I really was. This is a movie I was every. I was like, how this movie is still going on, I do not know. But I mean, did you did you laugh at any points in in vivo? No. Like not even like a silly like caught you by surprise chuckle. No. I can't say I did either. I thought Michael Rooker was a really good villain. <laughs> like that, that's the only thing positive I can say about this movie. Well, I mean, you like the you like the snake. Fair enough. No, I like Michael Rooker as the snake. I think the snake looked kind of silly, but whatever. Yeah, well, it looked like ni- like nineteen ninety nine animated snakes looked. I guess is how. Oh, let's talk about the animation for one second, Chris. You always bring up the animation. Oh God! Well, I I know this movie couldn't have been too expensive to make because that because the the animation on the people did not look great and it was bad in a lot of points. Like yeah, I'm talking, 
I don't know what style they were trying to go for here. Well, so here's the thing. I watch a lot of uh, Netflix like kids series because that's what my daughter's my older daughter's really into, like 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 the Boss Baby series on Netflix, stuff like that. And I'm telling you, the animation on that on that on the, like that episodic budgeted show, cash grab thing on Netflix, it has better quality of animation than this movie did. Hundred percent. It's just it's not great. So. Yeah, I wasn't impressed by the animation, and like at least at least I said to myself, if it's Sony, the animation's going to be okay. And it, I mean, it is okay. It's just it's nothing groundbreaking, nothing, nothing spectacular. Sometimes it's... there's a lot of pretty colors on the screen. Yeah, that's about as much as you can say about that. <laughs> that's it. That's all I've got. I wonder. Do you think this was ever intended for a theatrical release? No, not a chance. What about you, Roger? You think it was ever for that? No, God, no. There's no way this thing would have ever made made theaters. Well, I don't think that this wasn't for Vivo was <clears throat> even months ago when we were talking about the release schedule. Vivo was not slated for Netflix. It, like somewhere between the last three months, it became Netflix. So I mean, doesn't, that's my... doesn't mean it. It doesn't mean it wasn't made and produced, and no one had picked it up yet. Netflix grabbed it, you know, for, you know, for the cheap. Yeah, I know? wonder how long it was just sitting there before Sony had made it and just in there, like somebody gonna pick this up. I guess, but I mean, it came out August 6th, so anything that comes out in this window is like, I mean, it's not the strongest release to begin with, yeah. which I'm surprised the Suicide Squad is doing as good as it's doing, even, and it's rated R, so, I mean, it's, I, I don't know, it's just one of those things, that it's, it's tough to, it's really tough to weather the storm, especially now that we're in COVID, that old dad doesn't really make any sense right now, so maybe that's just what it is. Anything else you want to say about Vivo? I don't think. I think this movie's kind of just. I think. I think our review of this movie is kind of how the movie was. It, it was there. It was over with, and it'll be forgotten. Well, let's move to score it then. I want to okay. go last. All right, I'll go first. This movie gets a two and a half from me. When you can't even entertain my six year old, you missed the mark somewhere. This movie just wasn't for for me and my family. Mm-mm. Wasn't fun. wait. So it didn't entertain your six year old, and that's the demographic it was aimed towards, especially a female six year old. I feel which is- like. I feel like it was, you know, within that age group at least. Yeah, it, it, it just it missed a lot of marks. I think um, animation wasn't great, songs weren't memorable, um, stories weird and jumbled, things feel forced. It's just not a great time, you know. Like I said, my kids didn't really dig it too much. What about yours, Roger? Does she have any interest in this? So, Viva stinks. It's a two. Did you? Did your daughter have any interest in this at all? <laughs> You then you're laughing because you, well, I don't. I mean, she his daughter does not like anything that we've ever watched. So no. I'm wondering. <clears throat> I have a special needs child that watches like six different things. Period. That's it. Oh we really? Okay. No, we don't. Well, like I, uh, we okay. always we watch all these animated movies, and I just you I always ask you how your kid enjoyed it. And she, you're like, she didn't enjoy it. I'm like, what does he enjoy? I wonder. What does she enjoy? All right. So I yeah, I'm giving it. This is doesn't. I thought I was going to be the lowest, but two is I think Vivo is what it deserves. Honest to God, I do. Yeah. Now let me ask you this: You're a producer, and what do you think outside of Hamilton? Do you think Lin Manuel Miranda is a good is a good bet if you're a producer to put money into on the film side of things? Depends on the project. Well, in the Heights, we know cost fifty five. It made a worldwide of forty three. Probably another – and that movie was advertised like no one's business. So let's say another 20 to 30. So that movie lost money I'm guessing. Um, when it, I mean when it comes down to the streaming and people watching it over and over again, it might gain it back. But when they're, when they're looking for the bottom number then, I'm, I'm sure it lost a ton of money. This absolutely lost money. 
Um, so when you say depend on the project, what project would you back him on as a producer? I'd back him on, well, most musicals, mm-hmm. On obviously. I think he's a talented guy. Like, remember, he kills it in Mary Poppins. Uh, oh, I forgot about Mary Poppins. Oh, I have yeah, yeah. no problem with him doing stuff like that. That's a good. I forgot about Mary Poppins. Yeah, but that's not really him. That's more Emily Blunt and. Yeah, but I mean, let's dude. He's he's co he's co star. That's good. I mean, that's a good point. But like, he's second gun to Emily Blunt. Yeah, but... which isn't a bad place. To well, be. And, no. and, and we even said that, that the Rock gets outshined by Emily Blunt. So true. You know, a guy, a guy, a guy coming from the Broadway scene, you know, to hold his own in in that realm. That's impressive on in its own right. But I, I just wonder if, like, I mean, if if we're gonna see much more from him in the next. I mean, whatever's in production is in production, but in the next, you know, three to five years, I wonder if we're going to see any more from him for a while. Because, I mean, in the in in the Heights had to lose a spectacular amount of money. Yeah, but that's I don't think that was his fault. You know, he's charismatic as hell. You know, what I mean, he's 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 not bad to watch on screen. He's fun. I don't think anything that in yeah, the but Heights he was all. But they was... but they sold that movie with him, with his we... face, with his name. True, but I don't is think my that... point, and it's just yeah. the same with this one. I mean, they sold it with Lin Manuel Miranda attached, and it still didn't do anything. So that's my that's my point, though. Is I mean, I don't want to put my money into a star that I know isn't bankable. But well, just just remember, he has a very small part in the Heights. He is the producer, which I have no problem. No, with yeah, no, you're not wrong about that. Of course, you're not so, wrong about that. So I mean, Vivo. Yeah, I I'd let him just... produce any musical he wants. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, I just. I guess the bottom line of Evo is just, unfortunately, it's not very good and it's forgettable, which I don't like to say about animated movies because usually there's a lot of things I like about animated movies. But it's just, it's just, it's just isn't one of them. I mean, I dug the story. I, I, I kind of really dug the, he had to, he had to go and uphold, not really, he didn't make a promise, but he went and, I mean, I like the story, the basic outline of the story, but other than that, the movie gets lost in itself and just bogged down and, you know, just the Everglades. That entire that was a big portion of the movie, the Everglades. That was like twenty minutes. The entire second act. Yeah, it just and to me that was a very oh, odd place. To, this, is four, this is four acts. It's the entire third act. That was a very weird. I don't think it was a third act, but that was a very weird place to put young, helpless, defenseless girls is on a boat in the Everglades with alligators. It just <laughs> seems like an odd place to put a character, especially when the the. The Girl Scouts came up. <laughs> We're also in that boat. It's just strange to me. But again, I'm not making the movie. So, all right, the movie of the week: The Suicide Squad by director James Gunn. Emphasis on the. Yes, the Margot Robbie, Idris Elba, John Cena, Joel Kinnaman, Michael Rooker, Viola Davis, Nathan Fillion as TDK, who dies early. Jai Courtney also dies hey. early. Hey, Pete, Pete Davidson. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's in the first 10 minutes. I, Sean Gunn. I wasn't expecting it, to be honest. I don't know why. I, I wasn't, wasn't expecting it either. Yeah. So he definitely called me. No, no. I was just – so, okay. Okay. Let's talk – usually there's a – I would ask you to sum this movie up. But, I mean, so, Roger, what's your Talking take chaos, on – chaos, baby. So this is – would you call this uh, a reboot, a sequel? What would you call this? It's a sequel. <sighs> Because they yeah. referenced the first Suicide Squad. True. Chris, I, I noticed you just sighed very heavily. Well, uh, I know I know no, what he's going to say, but yeah, this, yeah. in this, by rule, is a sequel. Mm-hmm. 
no, no. Only I, because they reference the other movie. I, 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 I reluctantly agree with Roger because this movie does a really good job of pretending like the first one never fucking happened. <laughs> well, no, but <laughs> but it, I mean? it, besides its references, but like in, I don't think it. I mean, it, and stuff like I mean, that. it. The my whole thing against that is the first movie is literally in the first ten minutes of this movie, so it doesn't pretend it doesn't happen. It just it's telling you guys that's not the movie we want you to watch. This is the movie. Pay attention. So, I mean. Hats off to Margot Robbie, who she's how she's played. How many times has she played this character now? This is her third appearance. No, fourth, it's not. fifth, isn't it? Is it? Well, she was in one of the. Was she in Batman v Superman? Even if she's it was in one of them, was she? She's I in one of those. That. She's in the first. She's in Suicide Squad twenty sixteen. She's in. What else is she in? Oh, she's in the Harley Quinn movie. Harley, yeah, Birds of Prey. Harley, Harley so she, it's at least four. I think it's okay. five, though. Okay. No, gotcha. I don't think it's five at this point. I think it's. Uh, it's let's enough. See what oh, it certainly is enough. She's in, <laughs> she's in Peter Rabbit too. She's done with Harley, by the way. Yeah, at this point, yeah, yeah. No, but, she said she is done yeah. with that character from this point going forward, unless something drastic changes. So. She's retired from Harley. Well, that's, well, that's shitty. I, you wait till the, the you wait till the better of the four movies. To, well, no, no, no. That's the perfect time to get the hell out because she's done. She don't want to do it anymore. Well, and here's the thing. Like, I don't know the way the way the way that's phrased. You know, until something with the character changes. I don't think that's a fair thing to say about a comic book character, though. That you know has specific tropes that they're gonna follow. Well, I mean, listen. She already got her own movie out of it. True. She's done with the character. Yeah. No, and that's okay. And she's allowed to be. I'm just saying, like, the whole, like, you know, until something drastically changes with this character, what, what do you want to happen for it not to be Harley Quinn, you know, but have the same outfit? Like, I'm well, I, I, just, I, I don't want them to use the character. If they're not going to use her, I don't want them to use the character. Well, that's the thing. I don't think they will. So, hypothetically, if they were to make a third Suicide Squad movie, mm-hmm. you don't have to have Harley anyway. It's true. So. That's true. I mean, so I did forget. I mean, Sylvester Stallone is King Shark. <laughs> no, 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 no. Anaway, Anaway, okay, Anaway, Anaway. Yeah, so I want to. King Shark rules, by the way. And Taika Waititi, who of course is has a very small. He has a much smaller (laughs) role than I thought he was going to have. I really okay. So the that's one thing I want to talk about this movie before we deal with what the actual plot is. So they hyped up all these super famous people in this movie. Yeah, some of them are in this movie for six minutes. If, if, <laughs> I, I think that's even a big bigger chunk than he was in. If he was in it for like three minutes at most, oh, he was not even in it for three minutes. He's no. only in it for legitimately sixty seconds of screen time. Mm-hmm. But like the Pete Davidson character, or the Michael Rooker character, like all these people, like their first act gone, done. Yeah, no, you're you're, you're not wrong about that. Which I thought Nathan Fillion. Like, it probably took him longer to get in a suit than it was on screen. That's true. <laughs> That's actually true. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. Well, so let's so let's talk about the opening then. Well, well, better, so let's talk about the opening of this suit, of, of 2021 The Suicide Squad, how it opens. Again, we have Viola Davis telling these people, you're going to do this. Oh, you're going to save the world or you're going to die. You try to escape, you're going to die. You do this, you're going to die. And blah, 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 blah. <laughs> So let's okay. So let's talk about the the beach scene in the beginning. Let's talk about Pete Davidson. <laughs> I don't know if I. I mean, I again, I'm I'm like one of those things. I'm like, why is the hell is he in this movie? But so Pete Davidson is. They they're going Hilarious. on this mission. They're going on this mission. 
He sells them out. He steps up and says, it's me. I told you they were coming. I betrayed them. Is this a werewolf? Whoa, what the fuck? You strapped me in here next to a werewolf? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's actually pretty funny. But No, he's like, no, he's a weasel. He's harmless. I mean, he's killed 25 children. But he's that's harmless. Also, I, I, didn't, I was off-put by that. I don't know what it was about that. And that, but that but it's, it's obviously intentional by James Gunn to make you feel it because the weasel looks – the way Weird. that Weasel looks and the way that Weasel – I mean he's killed 25 kids. Like it's meant to put you off. It's meant to be like, ugh, make you uneasy, of course. I mean we start with the opening of that. But right right, right after we have the Michael Rooker character throw a, a ball around a cement prison cell and just kill a bird. That was um, awesome. I, I, don't, I don't know if those are the best choices for the movie. But I mean James Why? Gunn's also one of those guys that likes that kind of stuff. So. I, mean, they're, I mean they're villains. Well, yes, and it constantly reminds you that they're villains. I, I understand fun. that. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, in a... I mean, this movie definitely sets the tone with language and violence right off the bat, and I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Like, when they're... So, the, the very first scene, they storm the beach to try and get to, like, get into this... What is it? What's the name of the little crazy, crazy island country? I don't no, remember. Coastal... Whatever. Yeah, okay. We'll, we'll just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but... When, like, Nathan Fillion's character, TDK, when he's like, all right, get him, and he pops his arms off, and he starts floating him, and he's, like, <laughs> slapping people in the face. No, and then they just start shooting him in the arms, and he's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought that was hysterical. I, see, I just, at the, you thought it was hysterical? I was saying to myself, is this a joke? It's hysterical because it is a joke. That's that's what I've come to real. I came to re- I, I again. I don't know anything about Suicide Squad other than what I've seen. But that's what I came to realize is yes, it was meant to be a joke. It was meant to be a tongue in cheek. That was the old Suicide Squad, even though they he wasn't part of it. But a lot of the guys that died were part of it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I get that part of it. I I understand that. But it's one of those things that was it necessary to tell the story? Yes. No, probably not. I, I didn't. I wouldn't okay think so. Uh, okay, so Chris, how how did you take the, the the opening of that? I mean, so like I didn't think of it as deep as you guys as you did, Grayson. Where like you know them kind of sending the message, you know, this isn't the Suicide Squad. This you know this like this is the old movie. This is here, here's your new one, that kind of thing. But I did think that they wanted to let like let you know that this isn't like you know this this is gonna be a more uh, like a more fun ride. This isn't gonna, this is the same ride you think it's gonna be. Because we've seen like the whole superhero thing and supervillain with the with the with Suicide Squad get together before this time around, you know things are going to go sideways. You know we're, these you know we're not going to protect your favorite ones. You know a lot of these guys can die. That kind of stuff. I think that if they're, if they're going to send a message that that was the message they were sending. I think. Well, let's okay. So I think the conversation has to start. I, I think the conversation I, I, has I was to start shocked. a little bit with the 2016 Suicide Squad, which most people are. More than happy to forget, more than happy to pretend never happened, and and I understand why it w- it didn't cut together well. It wasn't, but again, there's also one of those things like of, now there allegedly there's a uh, an an hour and a half longer David Ayer cut somewhere being. I mean, I don't told you who knows after after the the Justice League put together, they're actually I don't think they're ever going to do it. There's no there's they they wouldn't make this movie and then allow the David Ayer cut to exist. That's just dumb. Uh, they're because they're detracting from the movie they want you to see. But I mean, this movie didn't have anything 
that Will Smith brought to the first one. And I was telling Chris this before Roger, you hopped on was I do miss the Will Smith presence in this movie. Why? Because that was the one thing that was that everything, was everything Idris Alba does in this movie trumps everything Will Smith could have done and better. I don't think so, but again, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going off my memory of seeing it weeks ago. It's okay. But, well, Everything I mean, about I'm, his character is forced in the first movie, or at least I find the Bloodsport character semi-believable. Just remember, the first movie's bad. Um, there is no beating around the bush. It's just not very good. Um, the character development is part of it. Um, they don't develop his character very well at all. He seems like a whiny bitch half the time, or at least Idris Elba's Bloodsport wanted to fight it out, you know? He well, wasn't, I, mean, I he just wasn't trying to play this reluctant hero. Like once he was in, he was in. Well, that's that's the difference between the two characters. Is he Deadshot in the first one kept trying to get out, and yes. I mean I I understand because he wanted he wanted to be with his daughter, and but the but the story also went to a point where his part of the bargain was done. He did what he what he was hired did what he was brought on to do, and then mm-hmm. he had to go further, and he was not okay with that. And then they go into the bar, and then then you get the whole if you're gonna die, die for some die for a cause you want to die for speech. <laughs> Which I, again, I don't know how long ago you've seen it, but when I'm, I, I did a little research, and that's the one that's that bar scene. A lot of people are like, that was actually very good in the first movie. And I'm surprised they didn't have that in this one. Not the actual bar scene, but a scene like no, it. they had a fun bar scene in this movie. Um, yeah, it was different. So I mean, the conversation has to begin there, and I, I, I do miss the Will Smith character because I think Will Smith, not to say Idris Elba is a bad actor by any means. He's one of the best. I just don't think he's Will Smith. Now we're talking that's a bold statement to make, well, because but, I would go so far as to say that's the complete opposite of what I would have said. You think I'll take Idris Alba straight up acting against Will Smith in just about everything. I not sure I can agree with that, but it gets personal choice. I mean, we're talking about a, we're talking about a 9.8 versus a 9.7, 9.6. It's not much difference. And even, you know, a lot of people wouldn't even notice a difference. I just, I love Will Smith's brand of acting, but I also love Idris Elba. And, and, and after I watched this movie, Idris being in, uh, you know, an, an action, an action movie, I said, why the hell is he not James Bond? Why the hell did they not make him James Bond? Like they were going to. Um, but anyway, that's, so the conversation starts with the other one. So there, you don't, you don't think there's you know, no, Will Smith is four years older than Idris Elba. He is, he, he is, but there, wow. there's, there's no, <laughs> right. Right. There's, there's no part of that first film, Roger, that you wanna that you think is worth talking about? Not really, no. And it's not that the movie's I mean, listen, it's got its fun, stupid action moments, but like the whole premise of that story is weird to start with, and it's it's all over the place. It is. I mean, it's the whole priestess thing, and they brought her out, and she's the one that brings the city to the doom. I, I understand that. really bad CGI in that movie. Now, listen, I'm talking about a movie where there's a significant amount of screen time for a giant animated starfish, <laughs> and I never once think, huh, that looks bad. <laughs> you know? And I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, I just... I'm trying to... We give credit where credit is due here. I'm just trying to... I mean, I, I seem to remember the first movie a lot in one more positive light, although most people do not. It, here's the thing. It, you shouldn't because it's on average. It's like a three out of ten, man. Yeah, no, I totally uh, get that. You, you're, um, you're doing that thing where you try to be nice to stuff. You don't have to. This movie is hands down better than the other movies. Oh, I'm not arguing that. It's, it, uh, it's that's... more fun. 
It's better written. It's a better story. And I actually care about these characters significantly more than the first one. And it's not even close. One of my problems is is weird. This movie is, listen, it's chaos. It's violence. It's bright colors. It's corny jokes. And it works. It just works where none of that happened in the first movie. I'd be willing to argue that the movie itself and this and the way it's delivered is its own character. It feels very much like like this movie itself, just the setting, the tone, the way it ro- the way it flows. Transition scenes are interesting. Like it, it all feels like it's its own piece of the puzzle here, and it's hard to exp- it's hard for me to put that into words, I guess. But it just feels like there's more here this time around than there was in the first. Like all these all these other characters seem like like pieces of the puzzle instead of like someone carrying this movie. Everyone does a pretty damn good job. The movie's interesting throughout because of it, and I think it just works. And I think a lot of that has to do with just the whole, just the feel of this movie, the characterization of what. I get that. I mean, I I understand. I want to I want to make I want to make a statement, and I want to know if you guys agree with this statement. This movie is a very good comic book movie, right? Movie that feels like a comic book where the first movie felt like a movie that had villains in it. Well, that was my next point is, yeah, I mean, you've got to a lot faster than going to. But they, they, they tried to make, David Ayer tried to make the first Suicide Squad a much heavier movie than it should have been to begin with. Um, and I, I say try because he obviously failed. But again, I don't know how much is on the cutting room floor. I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to be fair to David Ayer with, the movie yeah. he wrote wasn't the movie yeah, that we got. You can't add another 90 minutes and take a 3 to a 5 and have it be worth it. Uh, you're probably right about that. A lot of people will say the success of the Justice League, though. I mean, we don't have numbers on that. We don't have... That's I right. Mean, there is no quantifiable success. Exactly. So there's, there's no way to use that as an actual example of when it worked. Because we don't know if it worked. And I'm guessing because we don't know if it worked, it probably didn't. Because HBO Max wasn't all over it saying, oh no... 10 trillion people have viewed this. Like, so, I mean, that's, we didn't get that. So I'm guessing maybe not as successful as they wanted it to be, but I also want to be fair to David Ayer. That's not the movie he wrote. They cut a lot of it out. And I, again, I'm trying to be fair, but let's focus on this Suicide Squad then. So the tone is very different. The characters are much different. Uh, There is a noticeable, well, let's get the obvious question out of the way. Was this just Guardians of the Galaxy in the DC universe? No. No. No, I don't think so. Way different than that. Okay. I'm okay. Not... Well, that's, that's what I was, I was. I myself was wondering because that's what he's known for in the Marvel universe is a cast of characters that you know are kind of drifters and kind of villainous, saving the day. And this this is the same thing. So I just wanted to ask the question that I had is is it? No, I don't. I don't think that that's the right kind of question to ask in that case. Now, listen, does it bring a ragtag band of villains together and make them somewhat of a team? Sure, but it definitely has a Guardians esque feel just because of the colors and the action and stuff like that. And that's the good part about it. Well, that's um, that. That's what James Gunn brought to the yes, table. Absolutely, yes. he brought a yes. better, a develop, better developed story to the table. Um, the one thing I want to talk about for just a second, I want to talk about a couple of characters, a character we haven't talked about at all. The one mainstay from the first movie, not Harley Quinn. Flag. Talk about Rick Flag for yeah, a yeah, second. Yeah, no, that was one of my big problems so, with this movie. Joel well. Kinnaman, who I think is incredible. Um, in the first movie, he's a whiny, brooding dickhead, right? Like, he's just how he is. Um, 
In this movie, he's one, he's incredibly jacked. Two, <laughs> two, like he's funny, he's quick, and I actually give a shit about his character. Yeah. Well, um, okay, okay. He he is a whiny, broody high school kid in the original in the in the first Suicide Squad, but there's a reason for that. Is well, it's the whole listen to me, I'm the boss, blah blah blah. No, 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 no. no, no. It's, like, it's, yeah, it's, whatever. The the girl he's in love with girl, is because of his girlfriend. Yeah, yeah sure. Of I, course, I and that's why that. he's. But I mean, he does in the end make the decision to crush the heart, even yes. though he thinks it's going to kill the his 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 love, his great love as well. I get that, but it doesn't. But that's why he's a brooding guy. Yeah. There's a big character difference. I was going to mention Flag. He's actually my favorite character in the Suicide Squad. Flag. Mm-hmm. So um, let me. Talk, I want to talk one more thing about Joel Kinnaman, and maybe you guys know it, maybe you don't. Did you know before they chose Chris Hemsworth to be Thor, he was going to be Thor. He was really? the original Thor? He was the original Thor. Huh. I wonder if he would be into stardom like right now, like Chris Hemsworth is. I mean, he's not doing bad for himself. No, not at all. But, I mean, he's not Thor. Sure. Mm. But back, back to the Rick Flag. But, 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 but Joel Kinnaman's he's also... More, he's a lot more fun in this movie. But Joel yeah. Kinnaman's also much bigger now than he was in, 20, sure. well, in 2015 when they would have shot Suicide Squad. Well, just remember, little... N- was it Marvel takes a chance on two small actors, Chris Hemsworth and <laughs> Tom <Wait>. Edelson? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I totally understand that. Um, of course, Kinnaman to me is I go back to he was in Safe House and he was opposite Ryan Reynolds for a little bit. But man, he did a great job. And I was like, that's why. I mean, he is a physical presence on screen, which not a lot of not a lot of men can say they're they. I mean, a lot of them are pretty boys, but like they're also a very physical you know, Jack presence on screen, which is what I appreciate out of this Rick flag that we didn't get out of the first Rick flag. And I think that's what you're trying to say, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, and he's just more fun. Like that matters to me. Like he, his entire set of interactions with some of these characters, it's fast talking, it's funny. Um, and he does all the, I'm still in charge sort of stuff. And I'm okay with that. How about you, Chris? You haven't chimed in on Joel um, Joel Kinnaman yet. Oh, you guys were you know carrying away pretty well. He, I, I think he's much better in this version of the movie than he was you know in the first one. I can echo that. He uh, he has a couple of, like leadership moments, not even like the hard leadership moments, like you know, you know, do X, you know, go you know Y Z, whatever. But he has a moment in the bar scene, especially when um th- they all start to drink, and uh, he. <laughs> Uh, what was it? The polka dot guy. He takes a drink and he can't handle it. And he like he 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 like rubs his head and like kind of like gives him a hard time about it. Mm-hmm. Like those moments, like that that resonate to people. And I thought that was actually like the other side of leadership that like people don't really like look for is your ability to you know bring and keep people together and keep morale up too. I thought that was a, a cool change in what the tone was in the movie because that's also the first movie's problem is it's this very serious dark thing they tried to make where this one they had way more fun with it and you see it in rick flag's character the most i think that's probably not a bad way to see it is flag is very different and that's it's it, it's a good and noticeable difference and i'm happy they did it but i mean they they kept the whole thing with Bloodsport and rick flag still had their beef with and- each other and Same. Dude, no, they were they were buddies, man. No, they, no, they were good the whole time. It was he um, told him he's like, listen, uh, I worked with Rick Flag. He knows what he's like. He knows what he's about. He's a good leader, a good man. Like that's straight up why he calls him. Yeah. He says he takes no bullshit. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it was. Um, and that's that's cool. It, it it was actually the next character I want to talk about. It was <laughs> John. It was Peacemaker. It was John Cena's character that was you know who I loved incredibly. I well, did see, too. But 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 Peacemaker's involvement in all this this does make it political. The whole I mean his when when the story finally unfolds, the character of Peacemaker is is a very political discussion that I don't know if you guys I, want to get into I on mean, this one, but. I don't think politi- I don't think he's a political discussion at all. I think he's a dickhead, and I think he's hilarious. I see what what Grayson's like inching towards, but I don't think you have to go that deep in this movie. No, I he's mean, just it's just the set of values that that character pushes for, which makes him you know perfect for the job that Waller Waller wants him to. do. I love freedom more than anything in this world, and I will kill every man for the job to get it. Yeah. I, I <laughs> Yes, I sir. think I think that's why I laughed at the hardest when he said that because he says it was such a straight face too. No, it's so like, if I had to suck every dick on this beach for freedom, <laughs> I would do it. And what, I love that uh, Ratcatcher's like, why would there be a beach full of penises? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So with so think about John Cena's character as Peacemaker, and think about his character in Fast in the last Fast Furious movie we just watched. Right? It's a completely different feel acting wise i think he sure. had a lot of fun with this movie i dude i bet i bet oh. some of these reads were hilarious i bet he loved this set the entire time you could feel with the just the energy of the character that he was given off of. he he had a great he he felt like he was just on some some wwe smackdown skit is, is what this probably and felt they, like they didn't give him a filter you could just say whatever he wanted yep. yeah it was just have a good time with this you know go ahead I you think know, it shows. The one thing I thought was impressive about how we talk about – you guys talk about cinematography a lot more than I do sometimes. But some of the ways some of these scenes are shot – because listen, John Cena is a huge man. Mm-hmm. He's like 6'4", like 275 pounds of solid muscle. <laughs> and he's wearing this shirt that's like for a child small. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate like, I, that, dude. It's hilarious, and oh my god! But you know, you know what's also with Peacemaker is so Peacemaker they've he already has its own TV series on Does on the way. Really? James Gunn is the is the is the the showrunner for. All right, so okay they love that. the character, but like they love the character so much that I mean, I did love the. I don't. I'm a little conflicted about peace. I'm looking conf- about about the. No, I'm not, not not about that. I mean, we all knew that was coming. But I mean, I'm I didn't I'm a know little, that was coming. I assumed. Well, I didn't know that was coming, but as soon as they were talking about someone from the rubble, oh, sorry. I I started to say that. But as soon as they started talking about who they pulled out, I was like, that's got to be him. No one no one else. But I mean, I also, I don't know how you survive a, what what Listen, he does, but Peacemaker has the line of the movie, right? When Bloodsport's like no one likes a show off, and he's like, "Yeah, that's fucking." Of course they do, especially when they show off something that's fucking dope. The dope is <laughs> and, no, and then he's just like, "God damn, he's right." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he shows off something that's fucking dope. Yeah. <laughs> God damn, he's right. Yeah, that was... I like their I like their entire dynamic. Yeah, that they're the same person. Yep. <laughs> well, except except Bloodsport still has a little bit of honor to him. Well, yeah, but that. well, I mean, you could say that. That's a that's a very divisive word there. Yeah, you can say that Peacemaker sticks to his quote unquote his values, which makes True. him honorable as you know much I mean? as anybody in this movie. I yeah. mean, you're not wrong about that. I, I, I guess I hadn't considered that. He you, you may not his... enjoy what he's doing, but yeah. he sticks to his guns. Literally, stick to his guns. Literally, 
<laughs> what about some other characters that you guys that you guys enjoyed? So I thought King Shark was hilarious. Oh yeah, and actually, King Shark and uh, the Rat Girl, Rat Catcher, they have the best like story arc in this, right? Well, be- they actually have of... a they actually have a story arc together too, which is kind of well. Cool. One one thing I that sticks out in my mind is I seem to remember the characters in the other movie a little more developed than these were, as far as knowing backstory and you know them having them having um what do you call it? when they're they're sorry for what they did but they're going to finish this mission i didn't really get that with this movie but again it's not that kind of movie either no so i yeah, understand why it wasn't included because they thought in the first suicide squad movie that this was going to be like a four a four movie franchise they were going to be able to dig into for a while because that was going to be so great and then it sucked and then will smith is like i'm never coming back yeah and then it, all right five years later we'll have somebody else completely do it <laughs> i can imagine that's i mean Look, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna replace Will Smith, Idris Elba is one of the few people that can step into that. that well, remember, role. they didn't really replace him. Well, no, but a I mean, character. The character is different, but it's still kind of similar as far as both movies are concerned. I bet I guarantee you that neither of those actors thought that one was being replaced by another. No, of course not. Of course not. Um, but damn it, if Idris Elba isn't, why is he not the next James Bond? <laughs> why? Why? <laughs> uh, so let's, let's let's talk about then Harley Quinn's role in this movie. Okay. It's strange, right? I think it's a little forced. I think they could have. Hold on. Hold, okay, so there are some Avengers. You can't have an Avengers movie without X. Can you have a Suicide Squad movie without Harley Quinn? Yes, but you can have a Marvel movie. You can have a Avengers movie without Scarlett Johansson. Without you know Black Widow. No, no. But that's like having an Avengers movie without Thor or without. Captain America. Well, well, well I mean, I bet you the Avengers movie doesn't have. I bet she doesn't Iron either. Man yeah. Or Black Widow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you're not wrong so with that. Or I Captain America. You can have a Suicide Squad movie without Harley Quinn. I, th- I think you can. And I th- here's the thing: if there are any more future movies like this, there will be Suicide well, Squads on. without. Here's the thing, her. though: half, more than half of this movie was a Suicide Squad movie without Harley Quinn in it. Sure, she's not in here a lot. Yeah, she's not in there a lot. She's not even with the team for the majority of the movie. No, she, actually, I mean, I, I think more than you think. She has more solo screen time. Yep. As yeah, without in regards to the rest of the team than anybody. Mm-hmm. But like her part, her story arc through this arc, or I guess her her chaotic cluster of a story, I was actually okay with. Yeah. Um, it not that it's like, hey, this is Oscar nominated and great or whatever. But it was very Harley Quinn esque, especially the Harley Quinn that we know through all these DC movies. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's nothing, sure. nothing outside the realm of possibility, and I'm okay with it. Um, but could I have done without it? I guess maybe, but it's a different movie. So, what? What? Why, why do you guys think they chose um, Polka Dot Guy as one of the characters? I think that's awesome. That has, that, that has to be pretty low on the list of popular characters, though. Oh, as far as that was a nobody throwaway character in some comic book screen, someplace that James Gunn remembered and was like, "I'm I'm bringing this guy in." Listen, and just his power did with it. was awesome. Yeah, no, it was cool, and and he was also hilarious. So I was happy he was there. I was I was sad when he had to go. When, like when it was bad, just... when, when bad stuff may happen to him. Yeah, like uh, I was, I, I was, was actually like, oh, yeah, same. <laughs> so it, they did a good job with that, and that just goes to show that you could take any of these characters and do something with them if you have the right people playing them. Well, when the right when people they when, them. when and, they showed and you that camera, them. when they showed you the camera angle, 
much like oh Vivo, yeah when they showed yeah, you the camera yeah. angle of, of the monkey and the you knew that guy in the chair was dead in vivo but same when they showed you the camera angle with him and um idris you knew that that guy was gonna get stomped on in 10 seconds well, i mean wow. then you see him again a few minutes later and he's just a puddle of goo, <laughs> a, a bright you, puddle of goo. you do see him again That's you know true. what one thing i did think was gonna happen and i kind of thought this was kind of a weird way to do it was when the so the first suicide squad ends up dead on the beach uh the first you know whatever you want to call that wave incursion, or whatever team one ends up dead and he's like take this and give it to i thought you know what i thought that was going to be some kind of a they're going to bring aquaman into this i was like i thought he was going to say give it to like that's what he didn't say it was aquaman was the name like who on this team uses a try oh you mean the javelin is that what you're talking about yeah the javelin no, she carries like has it through the whole movie. She yep. really does have it through the whole movie, and it's kind of impressive. But and she needs it for you know what she needs it for. But again, I thought that was, I thought that was weird, and I don't. So okay, so here's that, Roger. We always talk about, well, not always, but when these movies come up, we do talk about. It's come up a few times, and it's it, it is a thing to me about. I imagine a fifty year old academic watching this movie and like, what the fuck is going on in this piece of shit. But like well, when the fight and, the, and, I, and I, I don't I don't want to get in the conversation of oh it's a comic book movie well but well, when you adapt it there's got to be some groundedness to it and I understand so, when it's not but I mean the shortest version to describe um, Suicide Squad if you don't want to describe it as just a comic book movie is this is a popcorn flick straight up man um, if you know nothing about any of these characters and it's totally okay if you don't um, <laughs> they they um, having a bad time they. De- they give you just enough information to know a little bit about everybody to make you care about the right people. And it's dumb fun. Most of the time there's, there's real violence, there's real comedy and it's okay. Um, I don't think anybody's going to break this down, but I bet you more often than not, people would give this a positive review. And they have because Rotten Tomatoes is very high. It's got it about a 91. Yeah. And then, and the, the, the critics is like an 89 or something. So yeah. it, it is, it is. Uh, the starfish is, a, I think, a topic of conversation I wanted to talk about. I mean, I don't know the it's Lord. slang term for a butthole. Yeah. He's like, are we going to – he's like, no. He's like, all right, no, no buttholes. Yeah. They cut that part from the trailer a little bit. I was like, I wish they hadn't cut that out because that, that's legitimately funny. But Yeah. No, I mean, it's all it's all pretty good. So the ending – so let's talk about the starfish encounter. Uh, you <laughs> know, the, the old – of course, when in doubt, Nazi out make the nazis the the villains of course it's crazy though like the big giant starfish just taking over everybody like i was okay with that too you were you were more okay with the giant starfish taking over everyone than you were with the villain in the first the priestess in the first suicide squad movie yeah because so the first the problem i have with the priestess stuff with the first suicide squad is obviously listen i'm not trying to say any of this is grounded in reality but like this movie is so off the wall from start to finish. So when a giant sixty foot starfish blows up out of a building to stromp through the town, I was totally okay with that. Like it didn't bother me one bit. It wasn't like out this of movie's. Place. This movie's been out. This movie's been crazy as hell. Why not? Right. But it, it goes. It falls just in line with. So you remember when when they were in the they're in they're in the camp. It's very fitting to this movie. But and they're killing all the what they think are the freedom fighters. Well, they're killing all the right. camp guards. And then she's like, "Where? Are, how did my people not tell me you arrived?" And they're like, "Oh, there was no one out there." I mean, and then she's just five minutes, five minutes screen time later, she's just helping them, and everyone's pitching in to help. Like, well, they did just kill twenty five of your dudes. So, I mean, and that's, I guess it, it just well, falls you, right in line with that nonsense. Are you gonna tell them no? 
No, no, no. <laughs> they just assassinated your whole your whole your whole security detail, and you didn't even know it. Like you can tell them no. <laughs> no of course not. Everyone likes to show off. That's not true. <laughs> Unless what you're showing off is dope as fuck. Yeah. Right. So no, I totally understand the rain, the rampaging starfish. Um, did you? What what about the whole? It just lifts his arm and shoots little mind control starfish. <laughs> Again though. All right, sure, yeah, whatever. whatever. What's point? I'm just like, you, you got to find your way to get yeah. your, your your faceless army enemy in here whatever. so you can shoot yeah, lots of dudes, okay whatever. That. So what is, I mean, what's the end game for the starfish? Death. No, oh. no, no, control. Spoiler. <laughs> I mean, look. No, no, he's really wanting to go out on the town, I don't know. Con, con, uh, that city is his. I think it's pretty clear what his end game is. Bernie and Chris is right to the point. Yes, but he—I mean—but he didn't say world. He said city. So, yeah, city. But let's also talk said. about the the similarities of the first the, the 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 movies of one character. I mean, the whole thing with when it breaks down, the what do they call this? The death squad or the the task squad is sent to remove America's involvement in something. So that's also similar to they have. I think there was that in the first one as well. That's always mean, something like that. But that's my that's my whole problem with Peacemaker is I didn't I because I like Rick Flag so much as a character, I was very upset at how this movie played out, only because it didn't what happened to Flag, I'm not quite were you okay with that? Let, let me ask you that. <laughs> okay with it? Like are are you okay? Do you need to talk about it? Because uh I mean there's probably a support group somewhere. No, I mean uh, yeah. it was it was kind of it takes the wind out of you, but that it that I, I, sorry, Chris, go ahead. That just means that the movie did a good job of making you give a shit at some point. See that that's what I was gonna say. Listen, was I disappointed that it happened? Sure, probably. Was I surprised that it happened? No, not at all. <laughs> you understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. Makes and, sense. And, and and it comes back around as if you gave a crap, that means the movie did a good job in that sense. If you weren't yeah. mad because oh well that's ridiculous and that's just them trying to you know do something to make you care. No, you were like ah, well well shit <laughs> like yeah, you yeah know, that's, that, that's, that's that, how I felt. It's like ah, yeah, well, and that okay. moment is indicative to decent storytelling. Well, that that's sure. one of the that's one of the deeper moments, of course. When I mean, it's a great moment when Idris's character Bloodsport he's falling through the floors and like directly opposite of Peacemaker, he just like they just like stare each other. Like that's a great moment because it's it works visually. And it puts good guy against bad guy. I mean, I mean, technically two bad guys against each other. But I mean, I that's the part I, I mean that's strongest is when the 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 series score cues up for a second and like they have an actual conversation that doesn't joke 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 joke, which I like that. I like actual conversations that don't revolve all around humor. You guys don't feel that way? Hmm. I don't know if I put as much emphasis on it as you do. That's fair. No, I mean, that's, it, that's fair to it, say. It, it was a fine point. I just have a screaming three-year-old in the background. So I'm <laughs> She's also very upset that Rick Flagg. Yes, she was concerned with Rick Flagg. <laughs> she was. was. <laughs> she really was. She was. So, how, how do you feel about the starfish? Are you just kind of the same as we are? Starfish is fine. Like I said, they needed some Slang way. term for butthole. They needed so, some way to get their faceless, countless army in so they could shoot lots of dudes. That's, that's, that's all the, that is. That's the Marvel way of doing things, and that's the James Gunn came over from the Marvel camp, so that that, that makes a hundred... I mean, you said that a million hey, times, so... DC's done the same thing already. They're your faceless, you know, 
endless army to fight, and it's just, it's just a throwaway thing that's cheaper than you know doing like good choreography, I mean, choreographed fight scenes. It's all. It so, is. let me ask you this: this movie is also this movie is all this movie is successful. I don't know if it's as financially successful as they want, but it's obviously critically successful. There's a sequel coming. That's we can we can assume there's a say, sequel to this movie coming, a direct sequel. I, I don't know if that's going to happen. Gun was only on for one, and some of their mains are gone. If we get a Suicide Squad three or whatever they want to call it, um, I think it's a ways away. But I mean, if Harley Quinn's out, if Margot Robbie, you really can't have. I, I think she's, she's out. She's done. KO. But like, is home. Harley is Harley Quinn done? Yes. Okay, so there, Harley there Quinn's is, done. Is there done. Was, if you tried to bring that character back without her, that's a, one a slap in the face to her. And two, that's a bad mojo, man. <laughs> I agree with you, but there, it happens all the time. I'm like, there's no way they can replace that actor, and they well, do. See, hold on, hold on. It used to happen all the time. Yeah. It doesn't happen very often now. You're right. I mean, you're not wrong. You're right well, about that. As as superhero and comic book movies have become more of a thing, people get fiercely loyal to characters. Yeah. Like if they try it, listen. If Chris Hemsworth was like, "All right, fuck it, I'm not doing Thor four, and they're like, "We got to get somebody else in," and they put Joel Kinnaman in there, they'd be like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> they wouldn't do that, and they'd scrap the movie. Well, but it's it's also why they didn't have anyone else play Brian in Fast. Is because sure. people would have rioted. I'm sure people would have rioted you, about that. Here's the thing: you don't need to just change the movie or don't make it. But I mean, she's an integral part. I mean, my point is, if she's if she's out, then Harley Quinn's out as a character. Yes. But then, where is she? And if let's just say they do two sequels, where is she? How do they explain that? Sorry, where's blood? Where's where's uh? What's Will Smith's character? Deadshot. Oh, where's he at? Deadshot. Nobody See, cares. That's nobody, why nobody I brings it up. Nobody that's cares. why I think this is one of those movies that is. I, I I don't think I would have counted. I think there's just as much material to ar- material to argue that it's a it's a reboot as there is a sequel. By definition, it's a sequel though, because they reference the first movie repeatedly, in the same reference as this movie. I mean, you're not wrong. I but the references are in the beginning. Yes, where you need to have the references. Yeah, yeah, but then they. I mean, to me, it, they could have just. This can stand alone. We don't need the other Suicide Squad ever to understand no. what's going on here. You, so. you don't. That doesn't mean it's not a sequel. Mm. I don't. I mean, I, I would. I don't know if I'd officially vote which one I'd vote for, but um, yeah, I think it, there's enough evidence to support either. But most people, I think, would choose sequel. But where do you go? I mean, this this is my point: is if you're not going to make four of these, where do you go with it then? You don't have to go anywhere. It can just be done. So does does that mean that I mean DC is now in a worse place than it was before this movie? No, it's in a fine place. Okay, I mean I just I'm I'm wondering where they go from here because obviously one of their most successful things, which is this movie, there's if nothing comes after it, that's again you're just wasting. There are, there are plenty of movies that can be very successful and just be one offs. They can I mean, pull sure. off for that matter. They can yeah. There doesn't have to be you know this big franchise, and they can pull from this now. This could be their gateway into a more successful version of DC as well. They have a lot of they have options and moves here. They just have to wait and see how this entire box office for this movie plays out, and then they decide what to do. They have a good they have a good tone here that is set by a, a, a Marvel veteran. So good for them for taking the opportunity and making that happen. 
And this could turn into, you know, their version of a longer running franchise if they just give it time. They can do a lot of these. There's plenty of pools of villains to pull from, and they can segue that into other stuff too. So they have options here. It just depends on what they do with it at this point. All right, that's that, that's fair. That's what I was looking for. The answer is just as long as there's an answer to it. I don't. Um, I just was wondering myself because like I don't want to get in. I don't want to get uh, involved if or like super into it if I know it's not gonna. If I know it's not gonna go anywhere, but that's just again that's my personal problem as well. So. All right, so so let's uh, yeah wrap let's, it up, score it. Let's move to score this bad boy then. Chris, you want to go first? Yeah. So with this one, I had way better time with this movie than I did the first one. Obviously, I think that's going to be the the same for all of us, or at least close to it. This movie was was brighter, was fun, was funnier, and it didn't take itself seriously at all, which is what this movie needed to do the first time around. I I'm gonna give this movie a just a, a real solid seven and a half. I like this movie a lot. I had a lot of fun. Roger. So I think the um, the whole idea of making DC movies that aren't dark, brooding, and sad um, is continuing in a positive light. Um, each one of them that doesn't seem to be based around on characters growling at each other um, seems to get better and better. So we'll see where that takes this whole thing into the future. Um, I think this movie is infinitely better than the first one. The first one's probably a two or a three at best. Uh, I'm not going to say this movie's like a nine or an eight, but it, I mean, it's like, I think it's a seven. Uh, Chris said seven and a half, so I feel like I'm right in line with that. This is definitely recommendable for me. Um, if you're looking for an R-rated action comedy, because that's what this is at its core, Um it's a fun movie, just knowing that you're getting into a little bit of ultraviolence and some salty language. <laughs> Very much but so. I, I, th- I think to add to that, you're getting into ultraviolence, salty language, and just complete weirdness. Chaos. Which isn't a bad thing. Isn't it? I mean, no. especially, especially in this light of suicide, it works because the movie's set up to make it work. So in that way, I will also give it a seven. I think it deserves a seven. I was a little lost in it. I was having some questions that I'm not sure got answered, but that's just, I was maybe expecting something different. And I think that's, again, that's my fault. I, I mean, I have to work through that on my own self, but I think this is a fine movie. It's recommendable. Like Roger said, it's a, it's a good rated R action comedy, which we don't get many of, and especially in the comic book genre, rated R. Anyway. No, we don't get many of those at all in comic book world. So, I mean, it's a, I mean, I wish, to me, I hope that Marvel looks at this and makes Venom and finally puts that rated R on Venom, but yeah, I don't think they will. I think Marvel plays it safe. I mean, DC has no choice but to play it a little bit risky because they have to at this point to catch up or even stay afloat, but Marvel will just play it safe and use PC-13, make their billion and a half and move on, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a fine movie. It's fun. There's some comedy in here that's really going to make you laugh. And if you don't laugh, that. I feel like there's a problem if you don't laugh because some of this fun, this comedy really is funny, and it does come out and just out of nowhere, and it's just it's like that Family Guy funny that it just it works and it makes you oh, laugh. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but other than that, I think uh, it's a solid movie that I'm gonna I'm think I'm gonna have to give this one another viewing. I think in a few weeks, let my mind kind of like crank out some of it, but we'll see how that goes. Are you guys gonna watch it again anytime soon or? I'm not um, soon, but it's, it's definitely on my list. Yeah, I'll, well, I will watch this again. I mean, we got a kind of a full slate like coming up, but 
Soon enough. Soon enough, indeed. Uh, one of the characters I'm not quite sure I understand why he's in it is King Shark, but because uh, he's hilarious and he has, uh, yeah. he, he, he has great growth. One of the things I love about King Shark is he just kind of wanders around. Get off the comms. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, well, before we move to end the show, I do one of my favorite shots in this movie was after the building had come down. Pretty much after the after the day was won. He just wanders in, eating a human head, waving at them. Hey guys! No, he's like pick. He's like gnawing on the skull. Like yeah, yeah. Of, that's bit of meat off of, of that dude he ate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. He just like, I mean, but why? Uh, again, why is he in? Why is the King Shark one of the characters? Because he's perfect. He's he's the he's the brawn. And he has and he has that really cool scene where he pulls that guy in half outside. That was like awesome. Yeah, that shot. was kind of awesome. Yeah, that was a cool ass shot. Is he is is he in this movie to like because the Hulk exists in the Marvel world? Well, you see this and it's the same thing about the thing. Yeah, that's a good point. I know. Thanks, Rod. Uh, thanks, Chris. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. This has been episode 239 of For the Love of Cinema. Each new episode posts every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. on the podcast service of your choice of the following five iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave a comment or two rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. More importantly, thank you very much for listening. Check out the show on Twitter at Love Cinema Pod. I am at Grayson Maxwell One. I am at Rod Stillian. And I'm Christopher Bond. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook. Uh, check us out on YouTube there. We have a presence there. And next week, we're talking about Free Guy. And this next movie is a little bit of a contention, but Kissing Booth 3. Oh, fuck yeah, Kissing Booth. <laughs> yes. Well, we've already talked about the other two, and this one's out. Might as well finish the trilogy. But I'm going to do a 60 solid minutes on Kissing Booth. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> All right, Free Guy and Kissing Booth 3 next week. Roger, I can, I can feel your excitement. I have never once been sarcastic on this show, ever. Why would I start doing it today, Grayson? <laughs>